3, 2, 1. Get ready for two hours of inane nonsense with your favorite overweight redheads, Fat and Ginger. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 21 of Fat and Ginger. We are here at Broadcast Central in Mount Dunedin. Across the desk from me is my compadre, Luke Massey. Hello, Tim. A little bit of sunshine today. Things are opening up. Everyone just seems to be a little bit happier. Life's better than it was. It is, yeah. It's better than it has been in some time. Of course, yeah. And yeah. we had a little party the other night, didn't we? We did have a little party. I got a bit loose, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. bad. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> I can remember most of it, so <laughs> it's either plus. You were in fine form, mate. We're, one stage there we were playing indoor cricket with a mandarin. Yes. I think there was a few mandarins. That yeah. Was, one of them burst. In fact, I think they're still sitting There's in front of us on the left. table here. And then we decided a lemon was better. What were we using for a bat? Do you remember? Initially, we were using a laptop. <laughs> laptop. Which is probably not the wisest decision. <laughs> and I think I kept yelling, doesn't matter, everything's in the cloud anyway. Doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> to top it all off for me, I thought you'd gone to bed and then you come out. Stark as little Tim come out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like a stormtrooper with malnutrition. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. I like it. it. Look, I was just trying to go for a bit of shock value. And it worked beautifully, mate. <laughs> it got the party jumping again. <laughs> We've got someone jumping anyway. Yeah, that's right. We're also going to discuss the purchase that we made of an air fryer, which has been the single greatest kitchen purchase of my entire life. You're going to talk about going to New Zealand and your desire to go bungee jumping. We're also going to talk about spring being actually crap and fast food joints. Yep. So both those things. Uh, we're going to be joined by a special guest, Jai Smith, who's the coach of the Geelong Dragons Football Club, which is the disability side here in Geelong. They've been on the show B Dragons and Jai was instrumental in getting that up off the ground, along with another guy who we've had on the show, Timmy Downs. That's right, yep. But just a great fella, Joe, and we want to hear a bit of insight as to how that all went about. That's right. And we are also in the Ginger Vice Award. We're going to hook into Sam Armitage for uh, just devaluing gingers, pretty much. But yeah, we'll get to that later we'll on. We'll get to that. Let's yeah. have a song. And you two with one there from Aktung, baby. Lovely, and you're back here with Fat and Ginger on Pulse FM in Geelong, Voice of FM in Ballarat, and via podcast on the World Wide Web. Oh, it just gets out everywhere, doesn't it? it does it? Yeah, everyone like wants us. Viral. You know, we don't know who to take us. So <laughs> we just want to be out there, don't we? We do want to be out there. We want to yeah. get our product out there. Speaking of getting out there, yes. I've got a bit of a topic here. So we met the other day to plan a family holiday to New Zealand now that we're able to. That's exciting. Yeah, a little bit exciting, mate. We're going to cover the whole of New Zealand. From top to bottom? From Hobbiton to Mordor. Is Hobbiton in the no- on the North Island? Uh, Hobbiton's a fictional place. No, I know, but it's a re- the, the real place where it was. F- <laughs> that one, no, it's. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's on the north, yeah, because I have been and done the South Island before, and I've only seen Mordor. So, and plus, I've got a couple of rings that I want to chuck in the fires of Mount Doom oh, and try and get rid of those curses. <laughs> it was actually my fortieth present last yeah. year. We couldn't go. My family were going to take me as a present to New yeah. Zealand. Yeah, and we've waited all this time to be able to go. And my sister got me a bungee jump. Right, which is what yeah. I was going to talk to you about yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's something I've never done, Tim. Yep. I'm a little bit hesitant about it, to be honest. I yeah, think, I don't uh, blame you. You know, it was all fine last year because we couldn't get there. But now it's sort of starting to become a bit real now that we're yeah. planning it out. And 
I don't know, I'm just a bit worried. I've put on some weight, Tim. And just, <laughs> Hang on, during they made the calculations last year based on your previous weight. And yeah. You put a few more kgs on, you'll be dunked in the water. I want to make sure these ropes are properly tested. That's <laughs> all. Wouldn't mind testing it maybe with your Kia Rio. Yeah, see, if can, see if it can handle the, the weight of that. My and, Kia Rio doesn't weigh as much as you, big fella. <laughs> where are you doing it? See if that hits the bottom. Next year. No, so where? In Queenstown? Queenstown, yeah. yeah. The home of bungee jumping. Home of bungee jumping, mate. So uh, AJ Hackett and all that. Yeah. Well, that's why I thought the Kia Rio because that has a seven-year warranty. It does, yeah, that's right. How did you, how did you total your car? I tried a bungee jumping. <laughs> yeah, perfectly acceptable. Here's a new one. It's, just a, it's just a block going yeah, You can fix that. That's right. You can, yeah. That'll buff out, won't it? A question. When you're travelling at that speed or velocity, does poo go up or down? Well, it's an interesting thing because the poo will come out at a relative Sideways. speed. No, because it, it'll come out of your bum. Yeah, because I'll be facing down. And then as you decelerate, as you As I'm bouncing bungee, back up, it's going to... Here. So I might... Wear <laughs> in, your own poo. Inadvertently bring back blackface. That's right, you know? yeah. I think you might need to wear some sort of nappy, perhaps. Yeah, possibly, because it's definitely going to be that point, I think. Look, have you done skydiving? Nah, I haven't. Nah. If someone bought it for me, I'd do it. Yeah. But it's not something I purchased for myself. I did skydiving once when I was a lot younger, okay. a good 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. And I did skydiving and not bungee jumping. Well, skydiving, it's a bit more removed. Like, you're so far up, it just looks like a map. Sort of, you know, 14,000, 15,000 feet up. But you're feeling that velocity, aren't you? You're feeling the drop? Yeah, hang on. I'm getting to that bit because whereas I would think if you're standing on the edge of a bridge with bungee jumping, it's it's right there. You can see every rock that you're going to land on if that rope hasn't been tied on properly. But then the thing hits you when you do skydiving is you see all the footage. It looks like people are floating out of the plane. You drop like a stone. Yeah. You're accelerating from zero to terminal velocity and however long it takes you. I'm not sure if I want to do that. Flying. And it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, okay. Good thing to remember for all our skydivers out there is that from the moment you jump out of that plane to the moment your parachute opens, you're technically dead. Because if that parachute doesn't open... You're not going to bounce up like a Super Bowl. No, that's right. No, Mm. that's right. You're not going to be able to spread out your jumper and fly away or something. It's not going to happen. Thanks, Tim. You're making me feel really good about this. No, but you're doing bungee jumping, mate. It's safe as houses. Yeah. It's like a big rubber band, apparently. Yeah, rubber bands break, don't they? Well, occasionally, maybe. (laughs) No, you'd be right. New Zealand would be good, though. The whole family? The whole family's going, yep. Yeah, it should be good. Self-contained apartment so Sue can cook for you? No, no siree, Bob. We'll be going into motorhomes. They'll have theirs with their cooking facilities and we'll have ours. So, and never the twine shall meet. I'm a lot more scared about mum's cooking than I am about the bungee jump. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not allowed to bring it up now. She's banned me from talking about it. It's got back to her. Yeah. And she wasn't very happy about me talking Well, in fairness, I brought it up. So apologies, Sue. I shouldn't have brought it yeah, up. Yeah, mum, if you're listening, it was Tim. So yep. direct your wrath that way. Absolutely. Let's have yeah. a song. Okay. What do you think of that, Tim? Uh, not my cup of tea. Not your cup of tea. Uh, I know it's not your cup of tea, but it's a bit of Tupac. It's a little bit of history there. Is it? What? He's, he was one of the great rappers of all time. Was he? Yeah, he had a lot to say. I think at one stage they were actually going over some of his lyrics in, in the schools. Were they? Yeah. So look what happened to the world since. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it didn't yeah. work out too well. Nah, didn't that's right. <laughs> what are we going to talk about with your topic, mate? I'm excited. Genuinely yeah. excited. And this is a topic that I think that you can get in on as well. Yeah, I know what you're talking Because we purchased an air fryer. And I mean, am I going over the top if I say that it's a revelation? Oh, that, no, that it's the greatest you're... thing ever to be placed on the bench of any kitchen ever. I don't think you're going over the top, mate. I no. don't know why it took us this long to get it, but no. now everything we do is in it, you know? Now, can you explain to the listeners 
those that might not be familiar with what an air fryer is, what exactly it is and how it works? I don't know what it is. I don't know how it works. It's magic. You put it in the drawer, yeah. put your food in, twist a little knob, and it comes out perfect. Yeah, it, that's how it seems to be, doesn't it? Yeah, it's magic. For culinary dickheads like us that can't yeah. really cook, yeah. it's fantastic. So, okay. I purchased so- it at Hogwarts. Yeah. So... Um, they'll that's be able to right. down there. That's right. So basically what it is, it's a tiny oven that sits on your bench. Yeah. But yeah. you don't have to preheat it. Or yeah. Sorry, I suppose you do, but it preheats extremely quickly, like instantly well, because it's such a small area. All I've ever done with it is turn a knob to 15 minutes and everything seems to come yeah, out perfect. that's right. And you, don't, you haven't changed the temperature at all, have you? I have not touched no. it. No. I think it's on 200 so or whatever. easy, mate. And then yeah. just bring it all out, wash it, bang it back in. And, well, I don't wash it much. I usually wait till you use it and you take it. <laughs> so you do a good job of that. But, but the following around it. So I looked the other day for a bit of research. There's one group of, and this is like in five minutes, found one group that had 127 members in it on Facebook, which was air fryer recipes and stuff. 474,000 members. Wow. Just for a humble air fryer. Now, someone was being unkind and said, it's just an oven. And I said, calling that just an oven is like saying a Ferrari is just a car. That thing is spectacular. It is, Tell me mate. some of the things you've cooked in it. Well, everything I do now, yep. I've been doing even like toast in it. Toast? Yeah, I just chucked some bread in and toasted it, mate. How good's like, that? It doesn't come out like French no, toast no. or anything. Like, it's not that good. Hey. Comes out more like, you know, Syrian toast, it's like charred and black. Charred and black. But I've chucked bacon and eggs in, yeah. chicken. Hey, I've had to do the eggs. Put a bit, bit of foil. Yeah. Like a cup down the bottom, chuck yeah. an egg in, chuck the bacon around yeah. it. Away you go. So good. Yep. And I'm starting to think that I'm wasting my time with the dryer in the laundry. Just put the clothes in. Just put the clothes yep, in afterwards. I'll come out smelling yep. nice like bacon. Yep. And if I get pulled up by the police, they're going to love me. Look, there's a great YouTube channel called The Air Fryer Guy. Yeah. Is, is that, that the video we saw? Yeah. He sings while yeah, he does it. He, he goes, sings the songs yeah. and he does things Pull like... in the air fryer. Yeah. yeah. He starts off a bit weird because he crumbs a Subway sandwich and then does it in the air fryer and you go, eh, well, yeah. It does look good. It does come yeah. looking good. But then he does popcorn on the cob. Yep. Right? Okay. Spectacular. We'll and he that. does, my favourite one was pancakes in the air fryer. Yeah, you were going to try that, weren't you? Yeah, I just haven't got mm. around to it yet. So mm. basically he gets the pancake mix, pours it into a like foil pie dish yeah. and then puts baking paper on top yeah. and does another one, another one. So it comes cooked. out like a stack. It comes out like a stack. All beautifully cooked. It came out perfect. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think they're magic. Give it, give it a try, mate. It is fantastic. So, you know, someone else, right, compared, said, oh, it's close to being part of the Thermomix cult. You go, no, 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 it's not. Because how much did that cost? I think it was about 150 bucks. Nothing, right? Yeah. Thermomix would cost you, I think, $3,500. There you go. Right? Yeah. This is bringing cooking to the people. Yes, that's right. right? This is the jet star of kitchen appliances. Mate, I'm walking around like Yan can cook. That's right. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking I'm a superstar. That's right. People say, Luke, what did you have today? And yeah, you said, I, I had, had chicken tenders. Chicken tenders, but yeah. they were perfect. And they come and out people, juicy. It's like you should see the people at the shopping centre just sort of part for him as he walks in. I said, yeah. There's Luke Massey. He does perfect chicken There is tenders. nothing tender about my cooking generally. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you there, mate. That's a ripper purchase, and I think we're really starting to set up a great love nest here now. Yeah, we are. We were going to get a fish tank, but I think we decided against that, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it's a lot of hard work, fish tank. Yeah, no. We've clean it every now and then, and feed them every day, and yeah, that's yeah. It. we can barely look after ourselves. Yeah, I can't be bothered. Play a song. Wow, that was stressed out by Twenty One Pilots and. Yeah, a little bit of a nothing song, that one, wasn't it? 
like a plain vanilla cake at the supermarket. <laughs> it just didn't need to be like done. Tofu, like why do it? How do they sell that to someone? Uh, I don't know. I don't know why I picked it. Where's the high point in that song? Well, it's not really a high point. Because we it? used to choose the music together. We did. When we, we first started yeah. off. And now just you just sort of, you just can't be bothered with it, can you? You're just like, nah, leave it for Luke. Yeah, because he, well, what you like doing is you like shocking me. So. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why I picked it because I knew you'd hate it. Yeah. Did you hate it as much as Jeff Buckley? No, no, oh God, no, no. no so you'd rather listen to that than Jeff Buckley? Oh, 100%, yeah. I don't know if I can live with you anymore. No, Jeff Buckley is a morose. <laughs> I know what you do like, Tim. This will cheer you right up. Yep. Yeah. That's listening to some of our, not really fans, they're more haters. Time for Mailbag. Awesome. Feel like abusing someone? Now's your chance. It's Fat and Ginger's Mailbag. Genuinely excited this week about Mailbag. Yeah? Oh, yeah. What are you excited about? Oh, I'd just like to hear from our, you know, listening public. Well, I think there's one here, Tim. Yep. That might not excite you so much because I read it when it came through. I messaged you and said, have you seen this? Yeah, right. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> we're not sure if it's the real person, are we? Well, I hope not because he sounds angry. Well, what's it say? Well, it says it's from B. Stokes in Durham. And why is that significant? Well, because I believe that might be Ben Stokes, the English all-rounder, <laughs> who plays cricket and lives in Durham. See, we've been bagging him out a bit, haven't we, on the show? A little bit. No, a I mean, little not too bit, much. You know, just about being ginger. Like, yeah. You know, we've mentioned him a few times. We can say that, though, because we're ginger. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like uh, someone who's got a... Oh, I've got to be careful here, don't yeah, I? Yeah, but yeah. Someone who's got... A certain characteristic can say the same thing about someone with a certain characteristic. That's exactly right. All we've said about him is he's ginger. You're, and throwing, your gla- you're throwing your stones in your glasshouse from the inside. Exactly. Yeah. And then I think they, no. Is that cracked? Still. Know. Anyway, <laughs> he's all right. cracked it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so Ben Stokes, I assume it's Ben Stokes. B Stokes from Durham says launches right into it. Heard what you said about me. See you, fat. You know what? Yeah, he didn't say. He used a bad word. We he used say. a naughty word. There's a couple of stars here because yeah. when I, I write it down on the running sheet and I took that word out you did. and put a few stars in, so it starts with an F and ends with a KS, but there's stars in the middle. So just so that um, people at home know what he said. So <laughs> I don't think it's him, mate. But look, just in case, Tim, I thought his innings in the last Ashes was one of the best I've seen from any man, let alone a spoiled brat of a ginger with angry issues. He says, "I'll see you, fat. You know what's in a couple of months." So. He's- <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a way to get him on the show, apparently, because it yeah, sounds like he's coming on. Well, look, if he does come, I'd like to sit him here for a chat, yeah. you know, put the spotlight on him and yeah. Ooh, no, burn not, him to not, a crisp. I was going to say, not too strong, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But just see why he's so angry, mate. Maybe maybe he's got issues that we don't know about, you know. Maybe he just wants to find a wife or something. Maybe we could find one for him. He's married, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. Is he? He's ginger. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. But I know plenty of people who think he's a bit of a right. Yeah, that's plenty right. Of, yeah, yeah. Plenty of ladies. In it, and one of them's even got most of his eyesight. Yeah, that's, so. that's right. Yeah, we could probably help him, I think. Well, let's reach out to him and see if we'll come on the show and say we can... Oh, I don't really want to reach out to him. I don't want to give him our address. Well, we don't want to make him angry either because he'll play really well on the cricket and the Yeah, true. He can stick to his bubble. We'll stick to ours. Yeah, exactly right. Next, from Elise in Geelong West, this one. Yeah. G'day, Elise. Heard your segment on the next James Bond and think you guys should apply. You could be double O nothing, licensed to eat. <laughs> Again, from Elise in Geelong West. Thank you, Elise. Well, well Elise, these days you do need a licence to eat. You do. That's right. Oh, well, yeah, yeah you need so, your vaccine certificate. But I don't know. It'd be great to have a licence to kill, wouldn't it? Who would you take out if you had a licence to kill? The person that cut me off in traffic the other day. Yeah. The person that didn't say thank you when I held the door open for them. And the person that, you know, when there's no room on the road and you wait and you let them through and they don't wave. Yeah. That person. There'd be a few people copping it, Yeah, oh, yeah. You see, yeah. that's the thing, though, because licence to kill in the Bond movies, it sort of implies that he could just be walking down the street and go, I don't like you. Well, but he's allowed to do it. And knock them off. 
Who would you knock off? Probably after going past Elisa's place, I'd probably take out any adult who walks around doing the TikTok dances. Yeah, what's with that? I've seen adults do it in the park and that. What do you and it's mean? just, oh, they just, it just annoys me. Sorry, while we're on that, if yeah. we can for two seconds, this whole thing on TikTok where things are referred to as challenges, yeah. but there's nothing challenging. It's just a stupid dance. It's just a dance. Right? Yeah. It just looks ridiculous. And they've got their friends filming on oh, I understand it's kids doing it, but I'd just love to be able to go, because I just don't think Darwin had these sort of idiots in mind no. when he came up with his theory. And no. I think we could probably help with the speeding up of the right. natural selection process. So. Yeah. You know, just walk up with your Walter PK oh, and, you know, I'd give him a sporting chance. Yeah. I'd say, oh, you got 10-second head start, tick-tock. <laughs> Very good. Well, the last one, for those of you who don't know, we put out a, an ad for Fat Pixie the other day with me dressed as the Fat Pixie. Oh, that's great. Growing cans of ginger beer in the yard. Hey, I think we need to talk about that a little bit more because some of the listeners might not have seen that yet. Yeah. So, Tim has played a character yep. called Fat Pixie, yep. which if anyone is listening, you've got to try these Fat Pixies. They're amazing. They are. In fact, a few mates from work have been drinking them due to seeing those ads, so yep. it works. Sales are up. Sales are up. But on the can is a Fat Pixie a with a, a white yeah. singlet, and then yep. you've graciously yep. played that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very well, I might add. Thank so, you very much, mate. Appreciate the feedback. Yeah. So, this is all your Fat Pixie ad. What an absolute effing disgrace. And that's from the people at Fat Pixie Brews. So, <laughs> happy with our work there. Fantastic. So. Oh, hello to Shannon and the team down there. Uh, They're probably in a meeting right now trying to work out how they can back out of our partnership. My problem with this is, right, Tim, you've lost a little bit of weight, my friend, uh, and you're looking quite slim. I'm just a bit worried. You might have to put it back on just for the role, mate. This isn't Castaway. No, that's right. Yeah. 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 Well, he lost a lot of weight for that, didn't he? Yeah, we didn't have an air fryer. No, oh, he's on it. Well, so. I'll tell you what, take away the air fryer, we'll put a deep fryer there. Put <laughs> the weight back yeah, on there. You'll, you'll be back to fat pixie tonight. But, oh. but honestly, I think this could be a role of a lifetime for you, and I'm worried that you're squandering it by feeling good about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'll start power reading again. And, and this we'll is my there. fortune you're squandering too, yeah. mate, you know. Oh, this is, could be cash for me, and you're selfishly losing weight. In the cash department for these ads so far, where do we sit? About negative 110 Yeah, months? we're down about 110 <laughs> so. Probably not going to lose too much. I just think you should think about it, mate. This is a really important role for you and for us. All right, so, mate, I'll give it some thought. Yeah, put some weight back on, please. And that was last night by the Strokes. We could have been talking about the party we had the other night. Go on. Last night, well, if you had have had the Strokes, it might not have come out looking like a... Jesus. Looking man. like a magic mushroom. You've, you've written all this stuff down somewhere. <laughs> It's time for an update on stuff. And it's that time of the week where we talk to former Shield cricketer Lachlan Stevens, and like all great media personalities, he's in his car talking to us <laughs> after cricket training. <laughs> I feel like that's the echelon of people that you're dealing with, boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah about it's, that, it's about spot about that level, mate. Yeah. Now, tonight you wanted to talk about like a preparation, is that right? <laughs> 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 See what I did there? It's very meta. Uh, Can we go through the subject of why everything is called the big dance these days? I don't think we actually ever got to it the other day because we ended up talking about our favourite games and I yelled at Luke. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I think I talked about my son's desire to play keepy up. Is that that still going on, mate? Play and keepy up are the only two games that that we know. So, going on, I think I hurt my disc in my back today, actually. (laughs) Is is that why you're sitting out in your car talking to us? Yeah, that's right. So he can't find you? I'm avoiding him like Absolutely. Yeah. Lack of preparation is a good topic, and if you want to go back to the fact that I had nothing prepared, I'm happy to. But I just wanted to ask you guys why, because you're in the media, you're in the know. <laughs> That's very kind. You're running with some pretty big wigs. You've got sponsorships on board. There's a lot happening in your world. Mm. Why is every final 
in sports and other things now called the Big Dance. Well, first of all, Lockie, you obviously didn't hear Mailbag, but that sponsorship looks like it's gone out the window. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. that's okay, mate. Easy come, easy go. Yeah, that's right. We won't, <laughs> won't get much out of them anyway, to be honest. They were paying us in alcohol, which was good. You know, I'm happy with that. Does but, that so does that mean that Tim's acting career is finishing up for the man? It, it, it's uh, plateauing. We will have a chat to him, but I don't think it's – we get a lot of letters in Mailbag that I don't think it's the actual people. People just a lot, mostly our friends or listeners or whoever write in and pretend to be someone else. I think there's a bit of that going on because I reckon they would have emailed us, not sent us to our mailbag. And then made us read it out, and then we wouldn't have read it out in public. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the work he did the other day was, I think, De Niro-like. Oh, thank you. I like to inhabit my characters. Mm. Very method yeah, sort of actor. Like you've done background and you've lived it. Yeah, he spent 40 years prepping for it. That's right. And I watched that movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it about fairies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched that. Tooth so, fairy, yeah, tooth that's fairy. it. Was it Tooth Fairy? So. But to get back to your topic, Lockie, what I think it is, and I see this a lot, you know how that acronym has come out, the GOAT? Oh, the yeah. The greatest of all time. Everyone wants to be alive and around and witness the greatest of all time. And it's sometimes it's not even close, mm. you know, and we all seem to build people up that we see yes. because we want to be witness to it. And I think it might be the same with the big dance. I, I just don't think you know, the big dance, what's all that about? I don't know. You know? I, I don't know. We were right with the goat because, you know, people talk about the best batsman of all time, but there's no way that surely anyone could be better than Don Bradman. Yeah, mm. none of us. I mean, except obviously for former Shield cricketer Lachlan Stevens. Well, they talk about him in the yeah, same breath. Yeah, in the same breath. Yeah. That's right. Chapel, yeah, Bradman, similar, Stevens. Similar records too. <laughs> I wonder if the Don ever had his mates abuse him drunk over the boundary line like you did, Lockie. Albion Park or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah I wonder how many games the Don lost on the last ball by bowling a half volley outside of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lockie, I reckon that's a good point. I reckon it's almost it's our wanting to associate with the best, so therefore we, we make every second thing the best ever. Yeah, yes. I, I think it's that, mate. And look, the other thing is the big dance, you know, being the grand final – well, I went to a few big dances when I was younger, mate, and, oh, no, and, and just like the grand finals for Geelong recently, I've gone home alone and crying, so <laughs> uh, maybe it's a little bit of that too. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's the, yeah, I like that, because you're right. The big dance was always disappointing. You'd get worked up about it, you'd go, maybe yeah. I need to get my ding-dong touched, and no, <laughs> nothing. And I went to an all-boys school, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got, <laughs> you got it touched the other night here, Lockie, I'll tell you, when he wandered out nude. <laughs> maybe I should be more grateful for the big dance, because it gets me in positions to really enjoy my evenings afterwards. <laughs> there that's, you go. That's, that's, that's true. So when the 16Cs are playing a final after three rounds and they call it the big dance, <laughs> yes. I'm, just, I'm so old and so grumpy that I just can't have that anymore. No. What did you tell them off, mate? No, I just sort of skulk my way back to my car and just yell at myself a little bit about <laughs> it's not the big dance. So yeah. it's, it's a healthy lifestyle that I'm leading. Well, I'm all about problems. You know, solutions, not problems. So what are we going to call it instead? Well, let's just call it the final. Can we call it the final? Come on, mate. Where's your romanticism? You've got to zhuzh it up a bit. Where's your game day experience? I know you love that phrase too. (laughs) Why don't we call it the big climax? (laughs) Obviously, I've been lucky enough to work at some organisations where the marketing department have always wanted to have meetings about how they can get more people to the games. And they don't understand that when the team is coming dead last and losing every game, no one's turning up because they say... We've got bands, we've got fake elephants walking around the ground, we've got this, we've got... They don't understand that people turn up when your teams win. Yes. And people don't turn up when they're likely to lose. No, that's right. 
It's well, a really interesting one talking to the marketing departments about what we should call certain weekends. I don't really think the kids care too much about what it's called. They just want to see the ball getting smacked into the stands or their best player kicking it through the sticks. Don't they? No, and that's right. And what I think it is too is that perhaps some of the organisations around 2020, they think that their team has far more cred and cachet than it actually does. So, for example, Luke, you'll turn up to watch the Cats no matter what, won't you? Yeah, yeah. No matter win, lose, Rain or draw. Shine, and that's yeah. based on 100 years of tradition and tribalism. Whereas you've got a team that's only been around for five years, you're perhaps not going to do that. And so, all you're right, all the gimmicks in the world aren't going to make you turn up to a team that's shit. Yeah, I do understand. Look, some of the teams in the market, some of the things they do are amazing. The Brisbane Heat do some amazing stuff. The Adelaide Strikers did some amazing stuff. All the franchises have done it, but... I don't think it has the, the huge effect and pull over crowds that they would like it to. No, mm. agreed. For the grand final, I'm going to call it the crescendo from now on. The crescendo. Mm. I'm going to call it the last game of the season. That's what I'm going to go with. You're living up in Brisbane at the moment, aren't you, Lockie? I noticed that you mentioned all the amazing stuff they're doing. Is that a little job opening there or is that something you're looking at? Or? Uh, no, absolutely no job opening. So, yeah, I've really wasted my time there talking them up. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you could have taken them all the way to the crescendo. Yeah, that's right. right. If anyone's listening, you know, I'm happy to talk. <laughs> from your car <laughs> avoiding my two year old son yeah, that's it yeah. alright we better keep cracking on Lockie thanks for talking to us once again alright let's know when the last episode is and we'll big dance it up <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> well finished see ya they're lucky well, it was tears for fears Tim mm, I do good work yeah, they were right. They had a couple of big songs in the 80s, Massive didn't they? Massive songs. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Well, that's the one that comes straight to mind. But even that one, like, I, I sort of remember that. There was a slow version in the 90s that was came it? out. Let me think about this. I think it was Gary Jules or someone. It was, it was on the soundtrack for Donnie Darko, and it was huge. It got to number one. And now that's sort of almost taken over their version. Yeah, yeah, It was like a slow... Yeah, yeah I remember it. You, you wouldn't like it at all. <laughs> no, no, no. I it's think it didn't. Guitar. And that, that was compounded by the fact I was watching Donnie Darko at the same time, which... Yeah. Confused me. It that's made me that's feel. a confusing film, isn't it? I'm glad I'm not the only one that thinks I, that. I, I'm still not sure really what happened. No, neither am um, I. Um, yeah, I don't know. Perhaps People one needs to, to like take it. some sort of narcotics to have that moment of introspection where you can oh, finally get it. Give it a go after the show. <laughs> See if we can do that. Not that we have any of that in the house or even in my top drawer. No, the, address, the address is 15 Smith Street. Yes. <laughs> unnamed suburb. That's right. You know, we don't want to be prosecuted because we're already being persecuted, Tim. If that's it. Do you like that little I lady? I do. Nice segue. Let's go. Gingers have been persecuted for centuries. So, who's been drawing blood this week? It's Fat and Ginger's Gingivitis Award. Alright, so the Gingivitis Award this week, Tim. Now, we did a bit of research, me and you yesterday. Looking for a person who's been persecuting. Yes, and we found someone who's probably fairly popular, I'd say, you know, on Australian TV. Because there was a thing come out about ginger prices skyrocket. What do you mean, ginger prices? Ginger prices skyrocket. This is a headline I'm reading out right now. Ginger prices skyrocket to record highs amid worldwide shortage. Well, hang on a moment. Hang on. Do you mean people are selling gingers like slaves people or something? People are selling gingers, Tim. Like and, slaves. And, and they've become a commodity. This is unacceptable. <laughs> I don't know. They might be talking about the root. I don't know. Well, uh, no, hang on. Which hang is on. something none of our, us gingers would know anything about. We're finally in demand, Tim. That's it. We are. Yeah, and the price finally is in demand. The price is and, up. But someone's had a shot at us. Oh. Yeah. Who was that? And said gingers are too expensive. Her name is Samantha Armitage. Yeah, she used to be, uh, I don't know if she still is, used to be on Breakfast TV a lot. Yeah, I think, was she on Sunrise? Or yeah, well, I, think, I always get the two mixed up. I think she was on that. I think, was she on Biggest Loser years ago? Do you know what I compare morning TV to? What? Instant Oats 
and normal oats. Like they're almost exactly same the same. Same show, yeah, yeah. Same, it's the same stuff. One it's, of them's got Larry Ender. Yeah. The other one's got that boy. No, he's bloke. on the one after. He's on the one. He's not the one for the mums coming home from school. But Larry Emder and Carl Stefanomic are almost carbon copies of each other. 100% they? they are. Yep. yep. Big smile, big teeth. Yep. yep. Pretty vanilla sort of personalities. I'm pretty sure she was on Biggest Loser. I might be wrong. Yeah, you might be right. We'll investigate that and have yeah. an answer for you next week. But uh, yeah, we're going to give her the award. I'll tell you what, on Biggest Loser, they didn't have any gingers on. Did you notice that when it was on? You know what? I wasn't a big fan of the show. You know why? Because we would have had the monopoly of that show, mate. <laughs> when we, uh, here comes 15 time winner Luke Massey. <laughs> that's uh, right. Hasn't lost a kilo, but he's currently living with his parents and his 86 year old nana. <laughs> that's that's so, right. Biggest <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> so and anyway. he's, gonna, he's only turned up to one episode because he couldn't bother to turn up the rest. <laughs> yeah, it just takes a trophy at the end. That's right. Who's going to knock this bloke off? Yeah, I think Sam, she's, I don't think she's working at the moment either. Well, no wonder with inflammatory comments like that about the value of gingers and their work within the community. You know what she said when what? she left the uh, TV industry? What? She said it's full of narcissists and sociopaths. They're big words. Well, that's the thing. Us gingers can't understand them. No, that's right. No, she's got to dump it down a bit for us. Already persecuting us. It's just so yeah. full of assholes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, now. that's <laughs> it. Yeah, we know them, don't we? Ah, uh, yeah. Sam, you win it this week. Gingivitis Award. Gingivitis get, Award. Get she has been taken to school, Tim. School. I love it when someone gets a comeuppance. I don't really know much about her. She's probably lovely. Anyway, what are we going to do now? Play a song. Play a song? We'll be soon we'll be having our guest on. So, soon we'll be uh, talking shit like we always do. That's it. Okay, well. Now, that was, as opposed to that song we had on before. Yep. I know that sort of, people might say that's a bit of a novelty song as well, but I just reckon it's great. It's great. But the, great yeah, song, okay. Semi-charm yeah. life. Do you, do you know what it's about, Tim? Oh, well, no, I don't. It's about shooting up. Heroin. Really? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, something to get you through this semi charm life. And wow. If you listen to the lyrics, yeah, you sort of, yeah. You know, for how people sneak drug references in there. Yeah. Oh, pre- no, I think he's pretty open with it. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, if, if you listen a, to the lyrics. It's not like Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds yeah, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, it's LSD, yeah. yeah. The other one, I was reliably informed that your Baby, I Got You On My Mind by Powderfinger is, yeah. about, is about drugs. What? Yeah, apparently. I'm not sure whether it's specifically heroin or just drugs in general. Baby, I've got so I've got you on your mind, mind. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Did you get that from the drummer? When yes. You we're knocking off his girlfriend. That, hang on. <laughs> uh, whoa, 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 whoa! I think you'll find that she upgraded from the drummer of Powderfinger to me. Yeah, she upgraded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, bit like fast food places when you upgrade. Oh, did you like that? Well done. All right, Play the jingle. On. Play the jingle. Don't believe the hype. That's actually crap. Captain Segway 2021 over there, linked in beautifully. Yeah, that's good, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's I'm good. I like Segways these days. Yeah. Well, tonight, I should say. <laughs> for my That's Crap, I'm, it's very topical for us at the moment. Yeah. Fast food joints, oh. they are spreading like the Delta strain at the moment. They are, that's right. Yeah. And we're trying to do the right thing. Well, I am. Well, what hope have we got, mate? When you look over our back fence, there's three of them sprung up. Well, literally... If the sun was up, we'd be able to see the McDonald's being built right now. Right now, as we sit yep. here in our land. Room. We open up the curtains yep. and look out to see KFC. Yep. Hungry Jacks, both open the last couple of days. Dan Murphy's. Dan Murphy's. The <laughs> biggest Dan Murphy's I've ever seen, by the way. What hope have we got, mate? And then know? the McDonald's. And what's also worrying is in the patch where the McDonald's is being built, there's heaps of room for even more fast food eateries to be built what there. What else is there? Red Rooster. Oh, for God's sake. Subway. Who's regulating this, Tim? Schnitz. Who's keeping an eye on these? Is anyone keeping an the eye on them? The pancake just everywhere. I'm just going to keep saying them. Where's the healthy options? 
Like you know, what? Denny's. I don't know. Do you remember Denny's? Yeah, no, that's an American thing, isn't it? Yeah, they used to be in Australia. I don't remember yeah, going to Denny's no, as a kid. Remember that. Yeah. Sorry, that's and a What's tent. the healthy option? And don't tell me, Matt, oh, Macca's serve a salad. No one's ever ordered no. a salad from Macca's. The mate. salad you have when you're not having a salad. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's never been ordered, ever. Well, that's I, I went in once and ordered one. Really? To see what the I they blew the cobwebs off it. They, they <laughs> stared at me blankly for about 20 seconds and then just chucked extra pickles on my cheeseburger. So, <laughs> Get no, to this, fatty. No, no idea, mate. No one orders a salad there. No, like, I, shit. Oh, I agree. Now, look, <laughs> we got no hope, have we? <laughs> Further across the road, you got a new Chinese place, Sushi Place. Sushi's relatively healthy. Sushi's not bad, yeah. but there's not one on the highway. No. You've got to go into the shopping centre to get true. to that one. So. And then behind there also is our favourite fish and chip shop that doesn't take orders by phone. Yeah, I know. So we only so got there. that there as well. So yeah. you know what we'll get across the road too? What's that? Dominoes. Oh, great. Yeah. So it's all there. It's yeah, going to be all there. What hope have we got, man? They might as well, every time we open the fridge, you play the... Yeah, that's right, and just they're shove food in there. straight to us, yeah. you know? We're impressionable people too. Yeah, the colonel will be dropping off our mail. <laughs> yeah, Grimace will be out the back doing the lawns. That's right. Top of the morning to you boys. <laughs> now, I agree, that's crap. Thank you, mate. All right. My that's crap, somewhat controversial. I'm going to go on a limb. David Chappelle-esque, sort of. Yeah. I'm going to say that spring is crap. Now, I'll water it down a bit by saying spring is not always crap, but spring is crap this year. Righto. Because, right, this year it is still freezing. Today's an exception, obviously. It's been a yeah, lovely well, day. I was going to say, you brought it up at the wrong time. No, I know, but I wrote this a couple of days ago, didn't okay. I? Yeah. When it was still freezing. <laughs> so I'm just sick of the cold. I'm sick of the cold. I'm sick of the grey. I'm sick of the rain. I'm sick of having it. You know when you walk outside from a nice warm house and you have to sort of clench up to go outside? Yeah. And I'm just sick of that. I just want to be warm. Shorts and T-shirt for the next six months. And Yeah, spring usually you get that. You do. And spring has to lift its game. Well, yeah, usually it's not too bad because it's summer for us ginger people. Oh, well, this is I true. I mean, it's, it, we just can't do it, mate. We go outside for a bit, we end up looking like Hellboy. Burst into flames. Yeah. You know, spring's supposed to be our time. Now, I've got to say too, though, one thing that maybe is working against spring this year is that usually... Oh, I used to live in Ballarat. Now, spring in Ballarat is a time of Thanksgiving and joy. Is that when everything thaws out? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Everything <laughs> thaws out and all the little trees and all the sort of European deciduous stuff mm-hmm. starts to grow again. And you go, thank God winter's finally over. It's like saying at a Game of Thrones, I think, maybe. Mm. And then, but here, you don't really notice it much. It's just grey and miserable. It's miserable, you know. And look, I never liked spring because for gingers, that's a time when most species reproduce. That's true, yeah. We get kept out of all that. And also, it? spring's usually just after July. I've lost a prelim final or yeah, grand final, no, so yeah. it's probably a time of morning. We don't get to reproduce, do we? <laughs> so, will you give it to me? Is that crap? Yeah, I'll give it to you. Only because it's been crap this year. But oh. usually I like it. But for this year, we'll say spring 2021. Crap. That's crap. Song. All right, time for a song. Oh, 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 oh. And that was beautiful with Snoop Dogg, Farrah Williams, and someone else. I can't let's read his name. Uncle Charlie Wilson. What was there a movie about him, Charlie Wilson? Charlie some, Wilson's War. Yeah. He's a senator. Didn't know he was a senator and a musician, yeah, apparently. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Uncle Charlie people. Wilson. So what do you think anyway? Do you like it? Ah shit. Yeah, no, I knew you weren't gonna like it. Right. But you you do like that, you do that deliberately. And I've I've looked ahead in the run sheet and I know what's coming up. And I know you put it in there just so I have to read the song out. You're going to be reading that one out for sure. That's a little treat for our listeners. <sighs> the next song, uh, two songs time. Oh, is it two songs time? Yeah. It? So, oh, yeah, sorry, right. Uh, you know, I'll put that one on there for you, Tim. So, Thanks very much. And we've got a segment coming up, which is probably my favourite segment, I'd say. A bit of a controversial one tonight, but this is the Justin Murphy Award. This is for anyone who sooks, whinges, carries on, or is a hypocrite. <laughs> 
Are you easily offended? Welcome to the Justin Murphy Club. Justin Murphy, named after a dickhead who rode in from America and gave us crap, and we said, well, we're going to name an award after you. Yep, so, done. And he couldn't even spell his name right. His name liveth forevermore. Yeah, misspelt. <laughs> misspelt with an so, E. With Mur- an e, e Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. It's all right. So this week, we decided the committee met. Um, <laughs> we couldn't, we tab- couldn't think of anyone, could we? No, tabulated all the votes. Someone has been really annoying us lately. Yeah, is our next door neighbour. Yeah. Good. But people on one side... I've spoken to both great. him and her. and It's like and Ramsey Street on one side. And they've got a young son and we've spoken to them all and g'day, how are you going? Yeah, good, you know. Yeah. And they're in the process of getting separated and stuff and I think I had a talk about that and stuff. Whatever. Yeah, anyway. lovely. I have a chat every time I see yep. them. However, on the other side, I've looked directly at, especially the older gentleman that lives there, yep. looked directly at him and said, g'day, how are you going? Nothing. No, nah, they don't give me anything either. Nothing, just blanked you. And I'm just going... We haven't done anything, have we? Well, you might have taken a crap on their front nature strip once. No, I didn't do that, Tim. Come on. <laughs> that was all Oh, hang on, hang on. How come it's all fine when I'm in the... No- <laughs> we talk about that and we all have a laugh about me dressing up as a fat f***wit over at the shops. Well, I didn't actually do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I just said you did. So oh, okay. People half... I thought maybe they're homophobic. Because everyone in the neighbourhood thinks we're the gay couple. You, be, yeah. you walk the dogs with the little puffer jackets. They I mean, be... <laughs> two blokes living together these days, they're probably homophobic. You, well, know? you know, we could give them interior design advice, you know. Yeah. But in fact, the only time they've actually spoken to me was when that earthquake hit a couple of weeks. Remember the earthquake was about yeah. two or three weeks ago? Yeah. So I was sitting in here. I'd just come off night shift. Yeah. It was about 9.30 in the morning. Yep. Right. And I went out the front because I could hear talking. I didn't know what had happened. And they were out there, and mm. I, I sort of said, "Oh, what's going on?" They said, oh, "I think it's an earthquake." I said, oh, "I'm glad you said that because I was on about my fourth can," and I said that to them, and they, oh, they haven't spoken hang since. On. So. No wonder they hate us. Yeah, but for me, I just knocked off work. They, no, they don't know that. They yeah. just think we're a couple of degenerate pissheads. <laughs> oh, I hope they didn't see what happened in New Year's Saturday night. But yeah, well, uh, they probably heard it. Actually, maybe that's actually that's thing. another point. Is what? that your toilet? Window is always open. Yeah. Have you been doing anything in there you shouldn't be? Oh, just massive noisy shit. Because it's on that side. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, yep, congratulations to our next door neighbours. You win the Justin Murphy Award. Should we tell them? That yeah. might be a way to sort of introduce ourselves. I'll, I'll nip over there now. We just gave you an award for being dickheads. Yeah, you want to hang out? day I tried to live. Uh, Chris Cornell, I just, I went to get my hair cut the other day and my mm. barber had it on Spotify and he played about six songs in a row when I was in there listening to it and I just forgot how good Chris Cornell was, mate. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all, I'm only saying that to be contrary. It was all right. It was, it, a, it was all right. You eight and a like half it? out of ten. Eight and a half. Yeah, it was usually, okay. Like usually that means that you really like that's it. That's right. Usually it's a yeah. seven out of ten, just a nice fence sitting to the school, well, but that eight was eight and, and a half eight out of ten. Half. Well, that's a, not far off Queen for you. Like no, it's too steady. That's really good. All right. Well, um, we've got a big moment coming oh, up now. Look, mate, yeah. I am stoked about One this. One of my great mates, and uh, I've had a lot to do with over the last sort of five or six years. So, Jai Smith, I'll introduce him in a second, but Jai Smith is probably known around Geelong for a lot of things, but the main thing would be coach of the Geelong Dragons, yep. the disability side down here, and they really took off when everyone started getting aware of what they were doing. Yeah. They started making it in the media, the TV series, and Jai Smith's face was all over it. In fact, they had a great interview on SEN. Is that right? Once upon a time with Andy Marr and I think tried oh, to get himself... Talk about, must talk to him about that. I think he tried to get himself into a grand final breakfast or something at one stage or whatever it was. You can tell us about that. But look, we're talking about him. We're not talking to him. So ladies and gentlemen, can we give you Jai Smith? 
Hey, Joy, thanks for coming in, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries, mate. Good to be here. We wanted to get you on before, but we wanted to make sure we could actually get you here in the studio. Yep. We call this a studio now for tax purposes. He's got a full diary too, being a seasoned media professional. We had to book you through his agent these days to get him in. But what have you been up to, mate? Just uh, getting out with your business green space? Yeah, mate. I landscape these days. Yeah, I work a few days a week. Crack into it. Did that get impacted by COVID at all? Could you continue through the whole time? Oh, that latest shutdown when the boys up in Melbourne started throwing things around. Yeah. The construction industry shut. But yeah, no, luckily in Geelong, we worked pretty much all through last year and had a small break this year. But yeah, we've been one of the lucky yeah. industries. Landscapers up in Melbourne had probably six to eight months where they hadn't been able to work. Wow. Mm. But, Gee, um, that's, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, for we were business. able to tick over. Yep, good. So yeah. That's, that's handy, mate. And for anyone listening at home, Green Space Gardens, is that what you guys are called? No, nah, Green Space Landscapes. Landscapes. Mate. Sorry, big, mate. Big sign on my T-shirt, mate. It's a, it's <laughs> I was trying to read it, but uh, yeah. over your muscles, mate. But yeah. yeah, Green Space Landscapes, I've seen some of the photos on Facebook, some of the decks and all the gardens oh. that they do, mate. They're just incredible. And yep. I get a little bit jealous that I can't even like, lift a hammer. You know, I no, I'm, the shit, so. I'm the same. I'm the same. You're pretty good at what you do, Joy. Now uh, you've been doing it for a little while, but let's go back a little bit further. So we met when our kids played footy together, and you were coaching the under 13s, was it, or under 11s? Oh, it's probably under 11s. Under 11s. You know, yeah. Joy used to all the mums would sort of sit there and watch Joy more than they'd watch oh, the footy yeah. as a coach. So. I can imagine too. Yeah. Talk it down. Good looking, too. good looking rooster. Yeah, that's um, it. Yeah, right that's, right uh, right I think right. back then you were you weren't doing landscaping, were you? You were you had a job with you were with the undercover police. No, mate. Oh, I think when I met you, I'd already finished in the in the coppers. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was in the federal police for about 10 years in the early 2000s. Yeah. So yeah, I did that and then yeah, got out of that and, and started, tried to get back to Geelong. So did some time at the TAC and then ended up back in Melbourne working for the Crime Commission up there and then got sick of travelling and then come back home again. And yeah. then uh, yeah, that's when I wanted to start working for myself. So now that I work for myself, I'd never work for anyone else. So, yeah, you love yeah, it, don't you? Happy. Yeah. So, so tell us about your days, because I, I believe you might have even been in the Piranha Task Force that took down Car Williams and all them. See, so I'm finding stuff out. This is excellent. Yeah, I, this is, people yeah, don't know I, what this bloke's done. I actually killed Car Williams. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, mate, never met him. You, you got a lot more hair than the guy that you know, I was seeing. You know. Yeah, yeah, no. You no, got, no. You're smiling too. You yeah. Don't, yeah, not a psycho. No, no, no Piranha Task Force for me, mate. In the feds, we obviously worked on a lot of those guys, but I spent a lot of my time in a car just watching and taking photos and videos and uh, doing stuff like that. So, yeah, we saw it. And, and I've seen you still doing that now. Yeah, yeah, mate, I was out the front for, for the last few hours looking yeah. through your window, yeah, just wondering when you were going to get dressed so I could yeah. come in. <laughs> Obviously, it never happened, so here we are. That's yeah, it. I never put underwear on, mate, so you missed out there. But uh, nah. So you were, what do you call it when you're in the car? What's surveillance. Surveillance. So surveillance? Yeah, or dogs, yeah. You know, was it, it sounds glamorous, but you were telling me it's pretty boring. It can be exciting, but yeah, your average day, especially for me living in Geelong, it'd be a two-hour commute to the other side of Melbourne to Narry Warren or something like that and then starting your shift at seven o'clock there'd be days where you're pretty much just sitting in your car sleeping or reading a book or you know we didn't have iPads and that back then so you'd have a DVD playing through your laptop or something like that Mm. and then there might be five minutes of work where you actually start following someone around and that's when the day gets exciting but there'd be days like that where I'd sleep all day and basically do nothing but then, yeah, there's days where it was just all happening and we're flying around town. Did and, you get a sense that they knew you were there, the people you were trying to follow? 
Oh, I've been caught out a few times. I think most of us get burned at some point or another, but we're pretty good at what we do. We think we are anyway, but oh, there's been lots of times where you'll be um, taking a photo in the back of a car and there might be two you know, Calabria Mafia at the other end of Sydney Road and they're about 100 metres away from here and you're taking these photos and then you're going back through your photos, you're quick snapping them, you go back through on them and you see them both just look in your direction and stare at you and then look <laughs> away and then go back to their cars and you're like, oh, shit. They knew I was there. Yeah, they, yeah. so, yeah, you get caught out and sometimes they'll actually ring their mates and say, oh, yeah, I'm being followed by someone and we might have been listening to them on their phones and then yeah, it'll right. come through to us going, yeah, you better get out of there because yeah. they know they're being followed. But, yeah, there's good crooks out there. Yeah, they're pretty good at it. But, yeah, most crooks are pretty dumb so yeah, yeah we can get away with getting in pretty close and is, it, is there still there. jobs going because i'm pretty good at watching dvds at work <laughs> yeah actually you're sitting in the car <laughs> you're exceptional in the ute yeah and yeah. uh you know, i think i once did six films in one 12-hour shift <laughs> which is still a record out there at the refinery <laughs> where i work so yeah. i'll probably edit this out later yeah. <laughs> maybe i don't know depends <laughs> yeah. on one of a job but i think i held the record for sleeping the most on a shift so, did you yeah. how long yeah. oh the full shift yeah. a full shift full 12 yeah. hours yeah. in the car yeah, absolutely. So yeah. someone else looking while you're sleeping, like you do. Yeah, so <laughs> well, they get the new. Probably guy shouldn't say too much because then crooks will be listening. But yeah, basically, you no might, one listens to you us. You might have a team of 10, 10 guys and ten cars, and you'll take turns watching oh, okay. the, the subject. So you might only do an hour gotcha. where you've got to have eyes on them, yeah, or gotcha. eyes on their car, or eyes on their front door, and then you'll rotate around. Gotcha. So yeah. uh, if you get your turn out pretty early. You can then spend the next seven hours yeah, and yeah, so uh, yeah, that, that's probably one of my greatest talents is I can I could fall asleep right Sleep now. Anywhere, you, yeah. yeah. So planes? Oh yeah, I could. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, no dramas at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can sleep anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a real talent because you could effectively. I know of another guy that can fall asleep while the planes taxiing. Yep. And sleep the whole way to somewhere and wake up in a whole different country. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, how good's that? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. And you had a few funny stories about uh, those days, mate. Was it, what was a funny story that comes to mind from those days in the police force? Oh, yeah. I shouldn't say I'm not the most professional cop, but I like to laugh and I like to be a bit of a joker. I was probably never going to make sergeant or my mates, if any of them are listening, would attest to that. I used to get in trouble a lot. My, um, my boss, Rabbit, he was a good mate of mine, so I think I got away with a fair bit of stuff. Oh. Crashed a few cars in my time. <laughs> Jeez, you really could work there, mate. I reckon I could, yeah. yeah did you ever fill up the oh. ute with the wrong fuel? Because then I'm in. When I was a tree lopper, I did, yeah. Yeah, I, there, you I go. Put, there you go. Wow. Yeah, I put petrol in the diesel. Yeah, and I've done that a couple of In the bobcat, yeah. Wrecked it. Yeah. yeah, I've done it twice and I make the stuff, so. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's what makes the science better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so. Oh, so you wrecked a few cars and then, uh, you know, got up to a bit of mischief. But any of those crook stories that you could, you're allowed to tell that. The funniest one was, it didn't happen to me. It's always, oh, what happened to my mate? He was one of my squad mates and they throw you in the deep end in the fed. They'll give you a, a big drug job and you, you have to run it. You know, you don't, you're not hiding behind a sergeant for five years before you're allowed to do anything. So mm. anyway, this young fella, he caught an African courier at the airport. So he had, he had drugs in his stomach. So customs picked him up and said, oh, they did a scan and said, yeah, well, we think he's got drugs in his stomach. So my mate had to then take him to the hospital that we go to, the John, John Faulkner Hospital, to get scanned done. And, and then once they're positive, you have to stay there until you, you shit it out. Anyway, um, he had him out in this, this guy, you know, looked like Usain Bolt. Real nice guy, you know, mate, can I just have a smoke? And he goes, yeah, no worries. Anyway, so they, he goes out, uncuffs him, and he has a smoke, and then next minute, guy's, off, guy's yeah. off in the night, you know, runs like Usain Bolt, dark skin, night time, just disappeared. 
all I could see was just these white teeth just running down the road. This, so this guy runs into an office block, I think it was. Or, uh, sorry, it was a um, residential office tower or something like yeah. that. So, you know, your mate's running after him and a few other the boys are running after him. They've rang Vic Pole. They've gone, shit, we need your help because, you know, there's only ever a couple of us where there's hundreds of Vic Poles. So Vic Pole have turned up with their vans. They ended up bringing that helicopter. They ended up bringing their police dogs anyway. So this guy was getting cornered in this residential block and he was knocking on, banging on doors, let me in, let me in, I need to use your toilet. So he wanted to shit the drugs out so he didn't get caught. Yeah. And everyone's opening the door looking at this frantic, big, strong African guy and they're slamming the door on him. Anyway, so he has a shit on, on the floor in the hallway. <laughs> Just shits out all these you know, little bullets of heroin. Yeah. And then takes off again. By this time, the Vic Pole dog squad had got there first. So they've come running up the stairs following the scent. And the dog's gone to the shit and ate, ate the heroin. Oh, <laughs> no. Anyway, so, so the, uh, the Vic Pole dog hand, like, like it's his best friend, he's got, he's put his hand down his throat and the dog's bit him and there's blood everywhere and shit everywhere. And wow. Anyway, they, they caught this guy and, yeah, you could imagine Vic Pole, yeah, yeah, gave him just a little bit of curry and, uh, yeah, so that was a pretty funny back, back in the days when that sort of thing happened. That was a pretty yeah. funny story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another one if you, if go you on. want. Yeah, go on. So this was me. You remember the cop show where, where it was with customs? So it's at uh, the yeah, airport. Border security. Border security. Yeah. So border security, this is when I was working at the airport. So I did that for a couple of years when I first started in the feds. So border security come out and film. We'd know that they were there and they'd spent a lot of time talking to customs and that when a proper job comes in, they're there. They have a thing where customs, they'll show their faces, but feds, we weren't allowed to show our faces. We're like dentists. Anyway, I got, got called in and there's a Vietnamese fella had come in. Customs just thought he was a bit off and he had these real flimsy Nike Airs that were all falling apart and the dog started barking at his shoes. So they, what's in your shoes, mate? No, oh, nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. So they pulled his shoes apart. So the dogs have said it's drugs. Something so they really? did a, mm. a nick test. So they, they do this little test where they put it in a little little plastic jar and, and shake up some chemicals and it went blue so it's heroin yeah it's heroin and then they did another test to confirm it a proper test yep it's definitely heroin so they call me i'm over in the office so we go running over there so what did they have in the judge bits of the shoe yeah these shoes just they, they were hilarious they were like just big old fat nike airs but they just fallen apart and old powdery and it was just and he was nervous as buggery you know like, yeah, yeah all the signs yeah, oh, so, yeah, all the signs of that you'd want to refer him over to us. Anyway, we go over there and give him a bit of an interview and said, oh, mate, you know, you got drugs in your shoes. And, oh, no, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. And I said, mate, you know, all the tests are here. I know you're just a courier. There's probably someone outside. Look, just let us know who they are and trying to get some information out of him anyway. We got nothing. He's like, seriously, I've got nothing in my shoes, mate. I don't know what this is all about. I just want to go home. And we're like, well, mate, you're under arrest. You're going to come back to the office with us. We've marched him out in bare feet and handcuffed and we had his shoes in a bag. So we had border security following me all the way out there and yeah. it was the case of the, the no-footed no drug courier yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. so that's all I remember of the border security. But anyway, we take him to the cells in the custody centre in Melbourne and it's just an evil place if you're ever a crook. Like, they just treat you like shit. Yeah, you get don't in want to be Get there. in here, boy. They'll rip your clothes off and, you know, they're, they're pretty tough. Yep. And he was bawling his eyes out and I was like, oh, bad luck, mate, you know. That's what you get for bringing shit, stuff shit, in shit, your shoes. Yeah. Anyway, so they lodge him in the cells and I took my, the, his shoes back to our forensics. We had a forensics office in Melbourne. 
and they've got a proper laboratory. So they started working on the shoes and that. So I'm sitting in court. He goes up to court. And I, I go up and say, we'd want to deny bail, that right, sort of thing. Mm. Anyway, so I'm next up and I'm just sitting there and then my phone rings. Girl from forensics rings me out and goes, mate, <laughs> you got to get him out. I go, why? They go, there's, there's nothing wrong with his shoes. There's nothing. Like, there's no drugs. I'm like, bullshit. I said, mate, customs, the dog went off, the Nick test went off, the next test We've went off. We've done three tests. They've all they did three tests, 100%. It's got to be drugs. And she goes, I'm telling you, there is no drugs in his shoes. He must have some pretty stinky feet. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Set the dogs off. Flight. And... Yeah. Anyway, so I'd go running up to the registrar at the front. I just said, there's, there's a guy downstairs. He's about to go in front of the magistrate. Yeah. He didn't do it. I've got to. I've got to get him released. And it was lucky because I was next up. I would have had to do it in front of a magistrate. And yeah, it's pretty scary people. And anyway, so um, I, I run back down to the cells and I pick him up and say, "Oh mate, yeah, sorry, it's a misunderstanding." <laughs> Give him his shoes back, and, and he goes, well, "What do I do? You know, like I'm out. I live in sunshine. I've got no money. I don't know who's picking me up. I've got no shoes. So I'm like, oh, I don't know, mate. No so drugs. I, I ring my boss. <laughs> ring my boss, and he goes, "Oh, just." can take him in a footlocker and go buy him a pair of shoes. So, <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking in footlocker with this Vietnamese guy with no shoes on. Just He'd been crying all day. Yeah. And I said, what shoes do you want, mate? So he picks like the best shoes. I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah, so I get him there and he's like, oh, you going to take me home now? And I just patted him on the back and said, mate, there's a taxi stand over there. There's a good story to tell you, mates. And off yeah. I went. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was another, another stuff I was involved. I'd, I'd love to see that security footage from Foot Locker. Joe's in there just going, get the shoes and get the shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we saw it on Border Security. It was quite funny. We yeah, saw us walking there with our backs of our heads fudged. We were we, we Border Security cameras down at Foot Locker. Yeah, yeah. Nah, thank God they didn't. Follow, they didn't do a follow up on it either because we would have looked pretty shit. Yeah, I hope they blurred his face out because he didn't do it. Nah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that'd be funny. There you go. Be careful yeah, next mate. time you yeah. um, go through border with with, uh, with, with a pair of sketchy shoes, dodgy shoes, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes, lesson to be learned. Now, we you come down to Geelong. We wanted to get back to Geelong. You started up your business, Green Space. Yep. And it was about that point. We won't. We'll talk about after the break about the Geelong Dragons. But before we do, you met your lovely partner Kira, great mates with, and she started up Care Space as well. So you've got Green Space and Care Space out of the same property. That's right. Yep. And she does amazing work as well. So tell us about what she does. Yes. I met Kira through through the Dragons when I was coaching the Dragons. She was a carer of one of the footballers. So we were mates for a couple of years and then, you know, life happens and we ended up meeting up and, and starting something up. We've got a property out in Wellington and, yeah, Kira runs a disability support company called CareSpace. Mm-hmm. We've got about, oh, I think at last count, we've got about 20 clients. Oh, I think we're pushing 15 staff now. Wow. And it's a, yeah, it's turning into a really big business. Yeah, we run CareSpace Farm out there. We've got a whole heap of farm animals where get all the guys and girls out there on farm programs. That's we've, fantastic. We've just employed a lovely lady that's a art te- was an art teacher out at Geelong Grammar, so she's going to be running art classes and wow. she's a yoga instructor too. So, yeah, we, we try and bring into the disability space the stuff we're passionate about, which is health, fitness, mindfulness, all that sort of stuff, and it's working Gangbusters yeah, at the yeah. moment, and Kira's a natural. She's done that most of her adult life, worked in that in that sector, and yeah, she's just made to run a company like this. So she, she's so. very personable, mate, isn't she? And uh, look, I've, I've been out there a couple of times. It's like a theme park out there yeah, now, right. Tim. It's just animals, as far as the eye can see. And yeah. Joy's done an amazing job when they bought the place, just converting it into this almost like a mecca for these people to go out there and just you know feed the animals and and be around them, and they just love it, mate, don't they? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we've got goats and alpaca and. 
sheep and ducks. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of your pig though. Pigs. It jumped up and my nice new T-shirt that I just bought that day just got covered in pig shit. Yeah. It's farming, mate. I, I blame the pig anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's yeah, play a song now, Tim. I'm going to get you to introduce this one. Been looking forward to this all night because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the, on the, on the radio show. So what have we got coming up, Tim? What's the band again? Tool. So Tool with a rather attention-seeking name of Hooker with a Penis. You didn't believe this song existed? No, here it uh, is. You want to hear it? Yep. What do you reckon, Tim? Do you, do you like hookers with penises? I'm not going to so, engage. I'm not going to Do you like hooker with a penis? That song? Well, just in general, I think. I don't know. I, I don't. I think I'll... No, I don't. I don't You were bopping along, like nodding your head up and down, like you it's really enjoyed noise. hooker with a penis, you know? It's nothing to it. It's just noise. It's just attention-seeking noise. It's, yeah. The song's dreary and monotonous. What are we going to do? We'll give it a song that grabs attention. Yeah, just give it a, a funny name so yeah. people will like put it. A, I, I like the song Put myself. a cock in there somewhere. Beautiful. <laughs> Done. <laughs> <laughs> Always livens things up, doesn't it? It does. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Look, we had a bit of a chat while that was playing about a pretty big night we had, us three blokes, going back a few years now, and that was the, the premiere of Bee Dragons, which was. was a series that I put together based on Jai's coaching yep. of the Geelong Dragons, and that night we... Well, that was on at, uh, what, about 11 o'clock? <laughs> Midday, maybe. Midday, I think it and was. And we just got on it from there. Yeah. We went day drinking at the local footy. Oh, finished up. Went to the Cats game that night yeah. in the social club. Like, finished yeah. up very late. You made, me wear, you made me wear a cat, cat scarf. scarf. I, I took, took that photo, too. Take, took a photo of it and put it on social media. I've never forgiven you for that. Yeah. Is that long St Kilda? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah it, it was. was. Yep, yeah. yep. Apparently. I, I don't remember the game. Yeah. I don't remember dinner before the game now I think about it. That was probably the last time the three of us really got on it. But uh, yes. while we're on the subject of the Dragons, yep. so that TV series came out showcasing all the work that you and Tim down at Leisure Networks had done for the side, mate. So for those that don't know, Geelong Dragons was introduced about, what, three years ago? Four years ago? Something about there, 2018, I think it was. Yeah, so I think it was three, three, three years, years ago, ago, mate. We yeah. missed a year with COVID One, last two, year. Three, four. Uh, no, this is the fourth year. Fourth year. Yep. yep. So tell us about, first of all, how you became head coach and just what you were thinking rocking up to that first training session. Yeah, well, it was a hefty process to get the coaching gig, mate. There was, a, there was hundreds of applicants. I went and had a coffee with Timmy because I just I heard about it. I saw a little bit of ad that got done about it, and I just said to Timmy, I want to get involved, mate. Happy to run water or help with training and that and he said yeah no worries do you want to be the coach and I was like oh, okay <laughs> yeah. Running water. Yeah. yeah so it was so you've done a, a bit of junior coaching hadn't you like you, yeah you, I coached um, the kids at, that, down so. at St Joey's yeah. and you, you had a great uh, footy career yourself oh, I wasn't a career mate I did play but yeah you wouldn't call it a career but yeah, yeah you played, played, you played seniors GFL you were a pretty good player and yeah, in himself, Ocean yeah. Grove as well yeah, played in a um, losing grand final at Ocean Grove. I think they won nine in a row, and then I played in a losing one, and they won the next three. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair to say, I'm not welcome down at the club rooms. So, yeah, but, um, yeah, no, I don't know. Played 150 odd games. Yeah, mostly that's a decent local footy career, mate. So when you went down to the first training session, tell me what happened, mate, because we see it on the show, but you would have been a bit lost at, at the start. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like, I had a quick chat to Timmy and said, mate, I've had no experience with disability. I don't, I, at the time, like our boy has Down syndrome, so I've, I spend lots of time with, with disability now. But back then, I had no interaction with it. None of my friends or their family had had it. So it was all, all news to me, but... That, that didn't worry me at all. It was just more about getting inspired by these young men and women and just having a bit of fun. Yeah, it was trial by fire. It was herding cats. It was all the stuff that you see on the uh, Bee Dragons on the series. But it was 
I always had a smile on my face and I laughed the whole time. Yeah, just developed a great relationship with all the players. Yeah, I think they trusted me and I trusted them and I still don't see them as having a disability. They're just guys and girls that want to play footy. Yeah, yeah, it was the coolest thing I've done. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah. And that first year, there was about probably, what, 30 players down there? Oh, Um, when we started, mate, there wasn't many. Um, I think our first session, we might have had 12 or 13. And then by the time we got closer to footy season, we had about 25. And then, yeah, yeah, by the time the season was rock and rolling, I think our first year, we'd have a few on the bench. Yeah, we'd sort of have seven or eight on the bench each game. Yeah, and just a great uh, Tim. You've seen the series. Yeah, and, yeah I have. Yeah, uh, you've probably met a lot of the players now I too because they, yeah. they do come down to our comedy nights. They do, yeah, absolutely, and, and are very supportive there. And just a great bunch they of are. people, mate. Fantastic. Just beautiful people, enthusiastic. Oh, love having mates around them and yeah. and having good times like we all do. Yeah, and and the footy road trip. Like, who didn't love a footy road trip? And <laughs> see them on the footy road trip. I think there's a great scene where you must go past a bakery or something. And they've all just got like bags of like sausage rolls and vanilla yeah. slices and stuff. Yeah. Have we got that right? Yeah. yeah. I think we went to, oh, I don't know, we went on some massive trips in that first year. The longest one, I don't know where, maybe Stall or. I think it's Horsham. It's Horsham. We played a game in Horsham. Yeah. Yeah. So, three and a half hour We drive. did like a two hour drive and then we stopped at a local IGA. And, you know, like I have a good laugh with all the players. I'd be saying, I'm all right, I only want water and, uh, you know, nuts and fruit and all that sort we've of stuff, guys. We've got a game in about two hours' time. So that all come out with two litres of Coke and a big family <laughs> pack of cheesels. And, <laughs> and you know, they, they clean the dim sim bar out. Like, just, it, it was disgusting. Had a, had a young fella firecracker with his neck and VB cans on the way up. And I think he was about 16 at the time. Yeah, so. we had, we had, we didn't, that didn't make the series that much. No, we, yeah, so uh, the, the road trips were great. I think I did that one with a roar and hangover too. So um, That's all right. Yeah, four or five hour drives with them giving you wet willies and constantly trying to sit next year and asking if they could play it full forward and yeah no one wanted to play in the back line did they nah no no, no, no one's nah, lined up to play back pocket are they nah nah, nah, nah. nah. so uh yeah that were, that were good good times that first yeah. year was great the uh the road trips were were fantastic yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the first year too uh, just because it was a little bit more personal once it was split into two teams in the second year we, we couldn't get to both games so no. you'd sort of miss half of what was going on yeah. Yeah. and probably wasn't as as close-knit but then you got to meet more people in, in season two because the TV series come out we've got a lot of media attention and everyone can, all of a sudden people were ringing up going well can I play you know and we end up what did it swell to in the second season oh uh, I think we were heading towards 70. By the end oh, yeah. of the season, I think we had about 60. So we had two two teams of 30, which was just almost unmanageable. And well, I reckon we had at least, at least 10 or 15 that were turning up that we couldn't let them play. So they were they were ready to play year three, which got canned because of mm. COVID. But yeah, we had a Div 1-2 side and a Div 3-4 side. So yeah, the, the higher ability players, wow. I coached them. And then, yeah, we got some other great guys come in and, and coach the 3-4 side. So it became a bit harder because, yeah, you develop pretty strong relationships with all the players and they all sort of, oh, can you coach me? And I was like, yeah, wow, it's hard. Yeah, so, that was the hardest thing. And it still and we is. Couldn't, we couldn't call it an A's and a B's, could we? No, you can't. No, um, it's, it's got to be like you know a metro and a countryside. Yeah, but you know, because the metro comp was a bit stronger. You know, you, you, a lot of the you, the better players you had to gravitate towards that side. Like yeah. not completely, but yeah. that was the side that I coached, and, yep. and it was pretty hard. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have had that job. 
of how to separate them. It's not like a... Oh, that was Timmy. So, that, yeah, Timmy did a power of work with that and he'd just be fielding that many phone calls. And I have no doubt when the teams came out, there'd be players that were disappointed and, you know, they yeah. might deserve to be in there. But in the day, we're trying to shuffle 60 people around into two teams. And we're also trying to win. And that that's probably why it just became that little bit hard. Year one, it was just all about winning a game and, and having a good time and that. Being and, able then, to play. and then we definitely became a lot more professional and we did quite well in the Metro comp and made a grand yeah, final. Right. Um, we lost it by points. So, um, yeah, so yeah, definitely uh, our footy ability increased hugely just that couple of years of training and the guys just really from that first training session in year one up until the way we train now is just completely different. We have yeah. a lot of the players take on leadership roles and their lap's still the same. It still takes about 20 minutes to do that first <laughs> lap. But, um, yeah, they really start moving. Yeah, there's some bloody good footballers, some really good footballers Absolutely, amongst yeah. them that could quite easily play mainstream football. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Such a, a nice story, wasn't it, of uh, just an array. And the thing of with, with so many players – with disability or what I found, and this is, I didn't know much about the sector either, Jai, before you rang me and said, come down, there's some beautiful things happening down here, is that not everyone's the same. They're not all just under one banner of disability. Everyone is, has a different challenge that they've got to face every day. How you deal with them and how you interact with them and how you teach them and, and coach them even differs from player to player. How did you find that you build up your skills really quick? Because that's what you did, mate. I saw it all happen in front of me. You build up your skills of how you approached each player differently. Oh, I wouldn't say that, mate. I, um, I'm trying to build you up, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's that good. I just loved them and I'm a pretty sort of easygoing guy and I love having a laugh and I don't take anything seriously, probably to my detriment. But yeah, I, I'd give them plenty of curry and mm. you know have a, have, a, have a good laugh with them and keep them all at ease and... They just felt like oh, it was a real love in that place, which is you don't get in footy clubs unless you win premierships and all that sort of stuff. Everyone genuinely cared for each other, and there was boys and girls that had no friendship groups and no. Uh, yeah. they, they were basically just playing online gaming with someone from Alaska, and all of a sudden they're in a sporting club, which we'd take for granted. Mm. Yeah, you know, all of a sudden they had twenty or thirty brothers and sisters that they'd all go and hang out together and. It, I just used to sit back and just, just watch their interactions and just try and step back a bit and let, let them sort of shine or whatever you want to say. But, um, yeah, no, it, I just treat them the same as I treat everyone else. And a lot of times I'd, I'd get told off a little bit, you can't say that to him. And, but I got away with it because I just treat... treat yeah, talk to him like he talked like, to me. Like you know? I treat you, mate. I, and mm. that's, you know... Which is pretty I, I, bad. On yeah. the outside, I think a few people probably went, oh... You can't do that, but yeah, 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 I don't see them any different than I see no, that's you, right. mate. I, that's right. Yeah, and I, I think they respected the that. You know, they're, they're not kids; they're adults. No, that's right. Well, they're not there to be told, "Oh, they're there." You know, you'll be okay, mate. I'm there to teach them footy and have, have yeah. fun, and play yep. footy, and that's what it was about. You yep. know, they and, tell and, me about all their stuff going on in their day and that. And everyone has a story, and some have bigger stories than others. But you know, so yeah, oh, that's all right. That's what happened today, mate. Let's you know, let's practice your drop punts, mate. You know, let's, yeah, yeah. let's kick some barrels. You know, and, and, and they the, the day, mate, they are they are our friends. You know, yeah. they're mates. So we still talk to them regularly. I get phone calls oh, with somebody all the time, all the time, and I just treat them like my mates. You know, they're just great people, and and have a beautiful story and a beautiful soul. Yeah, and there's no other way that anyone should be looking at them than that. No. You know, but, so we made it to the grand final in season two. Yeah, we did. We're a bit stiff, aren't we? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, still, I am. Um, still irks you now. Yeah, well, it all started with the umpires. 
In our prelim final, oh, they stitched us up with a, a couple of decisions, the, the ruck tap rule, and they and I was right in the end, but like the, one of my boys, I just said, just tap it to yourself and kick the goal, and he was a gun, and he just did exactly what I told him to. And the umps just go, no goal! And, I, and I'm a dickhead, and I go, oh, piss off, up! <laughs> and the ump come over and started yelling at me, and I'm like, sorry, mate. And I went up to the ump a quarter time and said, I'm oh, sorry, mate. But yeah, in the prelim final, a couple of decisions didn't go our way, and I might have said, yelled at a couple of things that the the ump that ump said I'm not proud of, and I think it carried into the grand final, mate. Unfortunately, the central umpire of our prelim was the umpire and the granny, and when I went up to shake his hand before the game, and he just glared at me. I thought, oh, we're in for a bit of And it played out that way. Now we yeah, had a big um, crowd there. Yeah, the biggest and, issue and, was um, yeah, big crowd issues, there, and yeah. everyone I spoke to said, "Geez, those umps were one-sided." Yeah, the, the problem was, though, was uh, the umps were fantastic. They umpired really well, but they were EDFL umpires. They weren't specifically trained in disability. Yeah, um, right. None of them were. And, and I think they had a, they all got together and had a chat about it after the fact, and I think there was a few lessons to be learned. But, you know, I've got a player, Chriso, he's got hearing aids and he's deaf. Yeah, gets a free kick against him, just runs off to the other end of the ground. Can't they, hear, yeah. 50 metres and that. And then, you know, he'll... He's just, he's one of those kids, he blows up and swears and stuff like that. Where's his 50 metres, and it's like, well, you don't understand, mate. So this guy's got a high level of autism or something, yeah. not, not Chris specifically, yeah, but, yeah. but the, you know, he might have this, this issue where if he gets touched, he'll just lash out and he'll call you every name under the sun. That's his disability. That's mm. the issue that he deals with every day. We just gloss over that. Let's let's play footy. Yeah, yeah it's okay yeah. that that happened. But these arms, though, are like, oh, this, this. Yeah, yeah they aren't put it like a proper yeah, yeah. Uh, senior and, game. Yeah. yeah, and one of our players got a bit cranky and, and did something he shouldn't have and whacked one of the young blokes and got sent off. And Yeah, uh, yeah it sort of went pear-shaped from there. But we were, we were killing them. We, were, we beat them in the prelim. Uh, we beat them in the last, the last game points. by best rate goals. We killed them. And then come to the granny and, yeah, we're, we're doing all right. And yeah. then it just all went, went a bit pear-shaped. And, uh, up. and yeah. yeah, we ended up going down by a point. It was... It's a long I, I try not to make footy the Dragons about winning and losing. And that's that was probably one of my biggest disappointments is I was worried too much about trying to win for us and win for the win for the team. It wasn't for me. I don't care. But, oh, you um, were telling us you were having Hardwick's job the next year. Oh, yeah, I had it. So, no, um, I didn't say Hardwick's job. I said <laughs> I'd be on his panel. Ah, uh, right. Okay. And I actually got a phone call from Dimmer yeah. that, that, that week asking if I could come down. I said, mate, I'm committed to committed the Dragons. To the Dragons. Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't good, get yeah. down there. Me, yeah. He wanted me on his playing coach of uh, one of, of the of the VFL side. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. nah, now Keep it believable. Talk, talk yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's keeping a straight face when he says Yeah, we lost by a point. Disappointed, but then we all went out. A lot of tears were shed. We all went out and had a pizza and a beer that night and got over it pretty quick you know the team still sung the song even though they'd lost the grand final and yeah. you know that's the sort of thing we're yeah. talking about and where was it? it where was it played in Melbourne it was in the proper Melbourne dis- like Melbourne comp on the other we're side talking- of Melbourne though, EDFL that's over sort of Ringwood uh, isn't it uh, yeah sure it was, exactly. it was uh, yeah, yeah so I don't know where it was to be honest mate. Yeah. Cranbourne or something like oh, that oh shit really was yeah. what a shithole <laughs> Get get everyone in Cranbourne. Yeah. Joey listening. didn't know whether to coach or do the surveillance. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. yeah, one of my best mates is from Cranbourne. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and then uh, of course last year with COVID, mate, we we didn't have a, a season as such, and even this year. I think we got a couple of games in, but it, it was nothing like it was. And, you know, there's a lot of people... I think COVID brought out any underlying problems and magnified them. 
And a lot of these young people just didn't deal with isolation and these things as well as, well, none of us dealt with it well, let's be honest. But, they, you know, it really hurt them not to be part of this club that we built. You know, you would have seen a lot of that as well when, when they could get back together. But I noticed myself a lot of people really struggling. And Tim did his best down at Legend Networks. He, he was doing a weekly video chat and getting some AFL players in to talk to them and try and keep the spirits up. But it's just really hard to do it when you've, you know, you've finally got footy, you've finally been introduced to a family, a football family, a football club, and all of a sudden that's taken away again. You know, it's been pretty hard for me in the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like after year two, um, we were just building towards something massive. We were pushing for a third and a fourth team and starting to talk about having our own comp in Geelong with the, the amount mm. of people that were yeah, um, right. really pushing to play. And it um, all went pear-shaped in year three, obviously. I don't think we played a game. No, remember. we didn't play one in, in We, we might have trained a couple year. of times. And then, yeah, it was just like weekly Zoom catch-ups, which were great for the players. But, you know, after 20 of them, it gets really tough for everyone. So, yeah, it was a write-off. And then this year, you know, they got a bit of footy in. The, I, don't know, I reckon we had at least 10 training sessions. I think we might have played... Both teams maybe play three or four games. Mm. So that was great, just just to get them out on the field again. And, and you could tell even just in that few games, we started getting a lot of new faces. I think we had 17 new players this year that hadn't played before. That's great. Mm. Yeah, it'll it'll come back again and it'll, it'll pick up again and be bigger and better. Um, do, do you think there is room for a league in Geelong? Because I know you were pushing for that. Yeah, well... I guess the knowing seeing what I saw in the Melbourne comps, um, their Div One and Two side, especially their Div One sides, just seriously look like straight down the line football team. Mm. They were real quality players, and speaking to a lot of the coaches and that to qualify to play in feeder, I think you need a NDIS plan and just have a registered disability or from a from a doctor, so they can they can be from a very very mild autism to yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. A colostomy bag and bloody um, you know playing with one leg it doesn't really matter a lot of those sides up in Melbourne are, are like you're very mainstream young young men and women so yep. yeah like we, we talked about like our boys both go to Joey's and we had a, had a few chats with some of the, the sporting leaders at the school and there's a lot of lot of young male footballers that are very good footballers that they might have a mild autism or a, or another on the spectrum or something like that and they just can't deal with monotonous mainstream football and they're mm. lost to the game. And yeah, we, we spoke that, about that a lot. To be able to get some of those boys to come and find a place where they can actually play footy, I think that's, if, if you want to be serious about it, we're getting a lot of those boys and not having the stigma of, oh, you're playing for the disabled footy team. No, mm. it's an all-abilities team and not everyone fits into the square, mm. in, in, you know. And that's the next step is to try and get those young guys and And keep girls. them in footy. And, and keep them involved because they're all Cause that, away that's what all abilities is isn't it it's not saying that you're, you've got a disability it's saying that everyone gets to play no matter why yeah, that's right. yeah. and uh, that's what it really should be all about yeah. and, and Geelong's got a big population and footy's the, the main game so I have no doubt if you tapped into that and uh, promoted it the right way especially in schools I think out of schools you're going to get a lot of a lot of mainstream schools, you know, we feed a lot of players from Nelson Park and Bowen Valley and all that sort of stuff, but there's a lot of mainstream schools out there that, that have boys and girls that just don't fit in yeah. into mainstream footy that, that, Use them that avenue can come and, come, and, come and play. So, yeah, yeah that, so. That, that's the next step if it wants to become a league in Geelong, but whether it gets well, to that stage. Well, let's, let's hope, mate, we can get on, let's get everyone on the park first. 
next year yeah. and get a full season in. You know, that's something that we can all work towards. We can use the power of fat and ginger to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that if we can we got a drag it sponsored by the Fat Pixie, you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I know. That's right. Even, even fat and ginger people, well, I won't say them, but me and you, we probably come under the banner of no abilities, not yeah, all that's abilities. Right, that is, that's so true, yeah. There's a, a league with just me and you in it. Yeah, though, that's so. <laughs> Just sitting around drinking <laughs> tins on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Uh, well, uh, Joy, we better let you go, mate. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming in, sharing some of your stories. We're obviously very passionate about everything you do. Anyone who wants landscaping done, wants a beautiful deck, wants a beautiful garden, get in touch with Joy at Green Space uh, Landscapes. Is there a web address for that, mate? Yeah, just send us an email, mate. Info at greenspacelandscapes.com.au Beautiful. That was, that was nicely done, mate. Adversely as well, if anyone's uh, any use for care space out there where they take people out and they show them how to, how to live on the land and work the farm and all that sort of thing, it's an amazing thing you guys are doing. What's Care Space's uh, email address? Yeah, so if anyone has any NDIS funding and they want a, a really good company like Care Space to look after them, uh, info at carespace.com.au Perfect. You've kept them all the same, haven't you? So it's good. Yeah, yeah. Come out and uh, we'll care for you and and Joel build your deck, you know. So, all right, Joel, we're going to play a song, mate. Thank you so much. And Tim? Yeah, no. uh, We're going to the end of the line, my friend. Oh, let's go. And that was Travelling Wilburys, mate. That was Roy, Tom, George, Bob. I don't know who was in the Travelling Wilburys. I do know that I like him, though. You do? I do. I'm a big fan of Roy Orbison. Seven and a half? Oh, no, no. Travelling Wilburys, eight and a half, nine. Eight and a half, nine. Absolutely. It's proper music with melodies and rhythms and all the components which make music up. And you know what they didn't have at the end? Self-indulgence. Self-indulgence, mate. wrap it up, boys. That's because Roy died. They didn't have time to do this. Self-indulgence. But, uh, look, it's been a good show, Tim. I think we've uh, nailed a couple of things, have Uh, we? uh, We've covered all bases, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the night's ended a lot better than it did here the other night. What was that? When we had a party here. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, let's not talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We want to thank Joy Smith for coming here. Thank you, Lockie, for uh, a chat on the phone from his car. That's it. I was a bit worried when he said he sort of, you know, hasn't quite got that land of that coaching, cricket coaching job yet, and he's in his car. I thought maybe he's just... Going to a whole different profession. Well, no, it could have been, what, like an Uber driver? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or worse, who knows? But uh, um, thanks, th- Lockie. And thanks to Pulse and Voice FM for yeah. having us on their networks and yeah. all you good people at home for listening. And uh, like last week, I'm going for a poo. He <laughs> <laughs> just finished every episode with taking a shit now. Yeah, like I am. That's just how it goes now. That's it. Yeah. Not That's not what right. we've turned into. Anyway, lowest common denominator. That's it. So, all right, yeah. see ya. Shut down.